time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Busy day for you uh, covering this news conference yesterday. A lot of changes on COVID. So we've got, let's listen to Bonnie Henry here. Here she is talking about dropping the BC vaccine card effective this Friday. Here's what she had to say. We are in a position where we continue to make progress and removing some of the measures that are no longer necessary all the time. One of those is the the BC vaccine card, which was very effective at supporting people to get vaccinated. It was very effective, but time for it to go. No surprises to you. No, this was announced actually a few weeks ago, uh, subject to change. It was going to be this Friday, one minute after midnight, no longer required. Now, she also pointed out it's up to individual businesses and organizations if they want to keep the vaccine card rule uh, or proof of vaccination uh, for admittance to their their uh, restaurant or their their building or whatever they still have the ability to do that. I don't do you think, think do you think many businesses will think, actually do that? Well, I don't think many restaurants will do that. No, but I think some <laughs> businesses will do that because of just their employees. But um, hmm. but what the, kind of businesses would continue to do it? Do you think? Uh, I was wondering maybe like a. Fitness center? I mean, I kind of doubt any. Most businesses want well, people back in their doors, you know? Fitness centers were the ones who uh, were defying the health orders uh, for rules, if you recall, uh, yeah. some months ago, and they were shut down in Kamloops, Kelowna, and such. I don't think many businesses will. I think yeah. uh, I just checked with the, gar- the security at the legislature. They assume that the vaccination, proof of vaccination, will no longer be required to come into the legislature, but that has not been made clear yet. Um, and I know talking to staff at the legislature, many people work at the legislature would like to see the vaccine uh, card rule be maintained. And I think you see some employees at business, businesses may want that to be maintained. But by and large, I think it's going to end for almost everywhere on who's, Friday. Whose call is that at the legislature? The speaker? Speaker. Yeah. Speaker okay. and the clerk. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um in the newscast that we just heard, we heard a clip of BC Green Party leader Sonia Firstenau continuing to criticize mm-hmm. Bonnie Henry and the province's approach to managing this. She thinks basically that what we're dropping some of these restrictions too soon. Like, what do you think yeah. of her take? She's very critical of Henry. I think she's gone beyond critical. She branded uh, Bonnie Henry a failure yesterday, so she's using stronger language now to uh, go after Bonnie Henry. Uh, f- Ms. First, you know, all along has been of the view, almost a COVID zero uh, approach to have more lockdowns, more mask wearing, more closures. Um, but again, this, the science, according to Dr. Henry, doesn't support that approach. And if you want to take a, a COVID zero approach, look at what's going on in China, which is the capital of COVID zero. Uh, they are in a crisis. Shanghai, which is 20, home to 25 million people, is completely empty of people and cars on the streets because they're locked in their homes because they have a huge surge of COVID-19 and people dying because they did not take the vaccination approach. BC's got a very high vaccination rate. Yeah. Uh, the, the emphasis now is to get convince older people, as many older people as possible, uh, to get their their booster doses. There's 68,000 people over the age of 70 in BC who have not received a, a booster dose, even though they've been invited to get one. They've got an appointment; it's sitting there. They can come in and take one. And the the science released yesterday, the the, the data sh- shows a third dose really protects older people from severity of illness, which means keep them out of the hospital, keep them out of the ICU, and keep them alive. Bonnie Henry certainly has her critics from people who think she has not been tough enough. I mean, Sonia Firstenau is one. The new president of the BCTF Mm -hmm. has criticized dropping the mask mandate in schools. You've got the BC Human Rights Commissioner wants the mask mandate put back in place for the entire province. 
Like, you know, we've been doing this for two years. Society though, doesn't and I'm, support I'm just that. wondering, like, are we supposed to do this forever? No, like, I think those people are, are outliers right now. I think the majority of, of society wants to have got their vaccinations. They want to live, make society normal again, albeit subject to, you know, certain uh, measures. You're still going to see people wearing masks. Well, yeah. I, just, I just walked through the legislature. There's 40 people on a tour group right now. All of them are wearing masks. Yeah. So it's uh, the mask is not going away. I go to shopping, you know, thrifties every few nights. Everyone's wearing a mask. Well, not yeah. everyone. I'd say about Most. 80%. Right. Now, that's Victoria. Urban's, urban areas have generally higher adherence to some of these public health rules than, than rural areas or in the hinterland. But, uh, yeah, no, this, people want to uh, get on with their lives uh, subject to uh, certain health protocols. So the people who are advocating go back to lockdowns and wear a mask and and, don't, and shut the schools are very much a tiny minority. Okay, let me ask you about the federal conservative leadership race. And it's interesting, Pierre Polyev, uh, considered by many to be the front runner in BC this week, yeah. getting uh, big crowds. Yeah, no, he's uh, my our, my global co- our global colleague, David Aiken, uh, who's been at a few of them saying, like, where are the other candidates in this? The only guy who's got any energy or any semblance of a campaign is Polyev. Like, yeah. where's Charest? Yeah. Uh, we haven't heard heard from the other candidates at all, whereas Polyev is on a cross-country speaking tour and he's getting large crowds at these things. Yeah, I mean, he shows up in some of these towns and gets like a thousand people out to yeah. a rally. I don't think I've ever seen that in a leadership not, campaign. Not, not in a leadership campaign. Yeah. This is quite something. He's tapped into something. It's it's a very right-wing, but it's very it's and reactionary, but it's an anti- populist. It's Well, populist. What did you say? Pop, there's an element of populism. Populism isn't necessarily a good thing. I mean, keep in mind, there's that's how demagogues come to power in some of these third world countries is through populist policy. Are you saying Pierre Polyev is a demagogue? No, but I'd say be careful how you define populism. Populism can be very dangerous and unworkable. And it can be a vehicle to power, but it doesn't necessarily translate into okay. good public policy. But he has hit on one policy that is very weird, which is the Bitcoin Bitcoin. Thing. Okay, this is what I wanted to ask you about was Bitcoin. So he has said that he's a big Bitcoin booster. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get, it appears he's a Bitcoin investor. He listens to Bitcoin podcasts, and he's really into it. And he has said he wants to make Canada the cryptocurrency capital of the world. He's also talked about... Uh, Bitcoin as a way to hedge against inflation in Canada. So I'm going to play a couple of clips here on this. So here is Polyev talking about his enthusiasm for Bitcoin. Have a listen to this. The federal government through the Bank of Canada was abusing our money. They started printing cash to finance Trudeau's deficits. And then I started to realize that uh, this was an, an inflation tax. I call it just inflation. What are people's alternatives if the government has a monopoly on currency. And I discovered that people are seeking out technological alternatives. Uh, For example, Bitcoin. Okay, so I thought that was very unusual to hear a a guy who's running to be the prime minister basically undermining or expressing a lack of confidence in the country's currency and talking about Bitcoin. Very strange. I saw one of the, someone tweeted famously a few years ago, if I if I I had invested $1,500 in Bitcoin five years ago, today I would have Still, no idea how Bitcoin worked. I mean, this yeah. is this is what he's also. How much money would you have, though? That's what I mean. The point is, nobody, very few people understand how this 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 form of currency works. It reminds me. I think there's a historical parallel here. If you go back to the origins of the original social credit party, 
which yeah. came up with a completely different um, monetary supply theory of uh, of monetary supply. So again, this is I'm not sure this really connects with people. I think the st- other things he talks about is drawing people well, to rallies. Well, I, some people think maybe he's appealing to younger younger supporters who are into Bitcoin. Let me play another clip here for you to get your thoughts. This is Stephen Poulos, the former governor of the Bank of Canada, talking to CTV here about uh, Poliev's views on Bitcoin. Have a listen to this. Bitcoin is not a legitimate uh, transactor uh, vehicle. Uh, it's highly variable, so the price of things that you would buy would be varying all the time. That's, uh, of course, uh, digital currencies in a broader concept. They're, they're definitely coming, but they'll be probably official ones. You know that, that the same kind of money that we use every day that's in our pocket. Uh, but opting out of inflation. I just don't understand that concept. Okay, so the former Bank of Canada governor there. Who I think has a little more expertise than Pierre Poliev does when it comes to monetary policy. Maybe I it's working it. for him, though, to win the conservative leadership yeah, talking could, about could this. But I'm not sure that's how you win the country. I watched that interview with Evan Solomon, yeah. uh, and the pained expression on Poliev's face was very evident. He was just uh, like, he was, he was being kind to Poliev in terms of his analysis. Because you could tell he just thought this was a wacky idea. Okay, last uh, last point for you. So, are you going to watch the Masters of golf course. tournament? You watch it every year, right? Tiger Woods, like this is amazing. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, he was in that brutal car crash. Almost lost play- his leg. Yeah, a lot of people thought he would never play again. He's actually practicing at Augusta, and he's have a listen to what he said here. It was at, Tiger Woods was asked yesterday, "Will you play in the Masters this weekend?" Have a listen. Well, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play. As of right now, um, I'm going to play nine more holes tomorrow. Um, uh, my recovery has been good. My team has been fantastic and worked very hard. Um, so we've got another day of nine more holes and uh, then come game time. Okay, so he's playing another nine practice oh, huge, holes today. Oh, it's going to be a huge story, uh, comeback story of the year. It, and interesting what he says, um, his analysis is his swing is okay. He can swing the, the club, no problem. Yeah. Where his challenge is, is walking that course. It's a very hilly course. Everybody, yeah. anybody who watches the Masters on hole by hole realizes there's a lot up of hills. It's yeah. up and down. There's, there's some major hills there. And that's his challenge is to walk 72 holes in four days on basically walking up and down. You know, so we're talking 7,500 yards every day up and down hills. And that's going to take a lot of his legs going to get a huge workout. And so it's one thing to, to start. I'd be, it'd be interesting. I assume he'd make the cut, him being Tiger Woods, but can his leg last through those four days? It's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Would you put a bet on him? I would never bet if against Tiger Woods. <laughs> I would never bet against Tiger Woods. He'd be a long shot, but... I, I, think uh, he's a long, I, I wouldn't say he's a long shot to win. I, I wouldn't bet him on him to win. I think the, the challenge for him may be to make the cut, to play on Saturday and Sunday. All right, welcome back. Keith Baldry is my guest. Right to your phone calls, James and White Rock. Hi, James, go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my calls, guys. I I think that the government is scared stiff of this cause, with cryptocurrencies because they have no control. The CRA can't monitor it. The feds can't tax it. They can't even uh, ask you right now on a CRA income tax form if you've even bought it. And I I I wonder if to, if tomorrow when the budget comes out, if Christopher Freeland is actually going to come out and say exactly how much more money that the Canadian taxpayers are going to have to pay to service the new debt that they've put on in the last couple of years and with the Bank of Canada increase okay, the, with the okay. interest rate increase. Well, well so, so your point on Bitcoin, though, is like, so Pierre, do you like what Poliev is saying about it? 
Well, I'm, I'm more inclined to, to listen to somebody that's educated on it, but I think uh, Polyev is looking at it on the basis of the up-and-comers that are making a lot of money at it are obviously smarter than he is, and he's going to get their vote by saying it's yeah. the, uh, the new the new, uh, the new future when it comes to currency and everything else. And Thank the you. people that don't understand are going to shun it. Thank you. Your thoughts, Keith? People very much have no idea about Bitcoin. I mean, this is this is a completely new subject for people. People don't sit around the dinner table and talk about um, monetary supply. It's not a household conversation. This well, is very what, much at the beginning of a conversation. Well, I think what Polyev has done, though, is maybe he's calculated that there's a certain demographic, maybe a younger one in the conservative party, that no, uh, are, attracted so. to, are attracted to Bitcoin, and he's going to get their vote for leader. They're not young people in the conservative party. There's not enough of them to determine who the leader is. If you go, if well, you, you look, might be getting new people signed up. Well, I might, but I, I see no evidence to support that at all. I mean, you look at the people at Polyev rallies, they're older people, white people. They're not younger people. They're not buying Bitcoin then. So why is he no. touting Bitcoin? I think he's obsessed by it. I mean, he admits he sits around all night and listens to podcasts yeah. on this thing. I mean, yeah, I'm he's not, really into it. I'm hesitant to trust someone who bases their monetary supply on podcasts. Well, analysis. the thing I wonder about, are you telling me if you're prime minister, you're going to put the Canada pension plan into Bitcoin or yeah, something? No. Like, what are you talking about? No. This is why I think Polyev, he's speaking to a very tiny portion of the conservative, or, well, of the population, but maybe a majority of the conservative membership. The conservative party is not the party of Brian Mulroney or Robert Stanfield. It's gone very Good. right wing and Polyev is tapping into that. Mary on Vancouver Island. Hi, Mary. Hi. I'm sorry to hear what Sonia Furstenow said about uh, Bonnie Henry. I, I wondered if Keith uh, knew the answer to this. I don't think she can do man. I wonder what her mandate actually is because I, I think with maybe with the falling hospital rates and and infections and so on and so forth, she can't do mandates now given what, what the uh, requirements are for a mandate. I, I was just wondering about that. Well, there's really no requirements. I mean, as public health officer, she can make a public health order based on, on their, her team's scientific analysis. Uh, hospitalizations actually, according to the, the presentation we got yesterday, are now projected to slightly increase. They're not going to go down. They are increasing. The number of cases is the positivity rate is slightly increasing, but it's manageable. Uh, we're not going back to the thousand people in hospital or the, or the, you know, 400 a week going into hospital. The numbers are going to go up, but they're, they're going to be manageable. And that's why the decision was made some time ago uh, to end the mask mandate and to end the vaccine card rule. Bob in Chilliwack. Hi, Bob. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to keep it simple. She's bought us better performance out of the vaccines available by the way she chose to deploy them. She bought us better performance in her overall situation because we chose to follow her. So I will. This voice will follow that doctor over the edge of any cliff, whether she jumps off it or not. Full stop. Okay, okay, Bob, thanks a lot. Well, I think a lot of people support Bonnie Henry. But your thoughts? Oh, I think the, every poll I've seen uh, shows VC uh, supports public health measures more than any other province in terms of the population. Yeah. Angus Reid, uh, that's the number one achievement of the NDP government, is, uh, is the performance of public health and managing the COVID-19 pandemic. It outshines any other province. Squeeze in one more. Clayton in Kelowna. Clayton, you got 30 seconds here. Go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to say, guys, I love your show, and thanks for having me on here. Uh, so everyone paints uh, Bitcoin as, you know, that's the only crypto, you know, like that's the only uh, key to, uh, to society or whatever. But people don't realize that there's an actual technology revolution going on, on the underpinning of it, using blockchain and DLT, distributed ledger technology. 
And Bitcoin is the first, was the first, it's not the last. But, you know, if you guys look at the trade finance industry, uh, it's being revolutionized with digital documents and thank, stuff thank you, Thank you, Clayton. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely gaining momentum. But again, I think we're in the infancy of this thing. People don't understand it. They don't understand blockchain. They don't understand Bitcoin. But you see more people talking about it than we've ever seen before.